Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. We are so happy to be with you tonight. We have a great show planned for you. We're continuing our parenting series where we're talking about attachment style. And uh, last week we replayed part one uh, because we had a program in between. So we wanted to just refresh everybody. And uh, we had actually had a request to replay that. So uh, we uh, played part one, which was secure attachment. And so tonight we're going to be talking about insecure attachment and and the three different types of insecure attachment and what that looks like. And uh, try to help you figure out if maybe you had a insecure attachment uh, as an infant and growing up. And possibly, are you parenting from that insecure attachment? So a great show with a lot of information. If you would like to have input on tonight's program and you haven't already written in and you have some questions, you can text us at 325-428-6145. If you're listening tonight, you can also interact with our Facebook page at Home with Debbie Rule. We are happy to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe the home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for more of At Home with Debbie Rule. We'll be right back after this message. Everybody wants to be in love, have great kids, and the perfect home, but nobody wants to talk about how to get there. At Home with Debbie Rule is a safe place to get advice on how to fight fair or call 911, in-laws or outlaws. Who the heck are these kids and what do I do with them? Let's face it, modern family isn't all fairy tales. Because there are a few places that really explore the reality of relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, At Home with Debbie Rule is a place where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and testimonies. I'm Debbie Rule. Join me every Sunday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule, a talk show about home, family, and relationships. At Home with Debbie Rule, right here on 95.3 FM and knelradio.com. Follow us at Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. at Home with Debbie Rule. It's Jenny from your local Big Deal store. If you run a business and are looking for a fun and creative way to market it, Big Deals might just be a great fit. Imagine a radio marketing program that allows you to trade for your advertising schedule. Interested? Give us a shout and see for yourself. Just call us at KNEL 597-2119. You'll find out it's never been so affordable to be on the air and online at KNEL. It's time to spread the happiness. Heritage Flower Shop is a full-service flower shop specializing in all your floral needs. You can just smell the happiness. Give the gift that will generate smiles. Flowers, plants, balloons, snack baskets, and more for any occasion. Heritage Flower Shop is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, with delivery available. Send some happiness or brighten your day by giving yourself a little happiness, too. 
Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we are talking about attachment styles. We're going to be continuing tonight with uh, talking about insecure attachment styles. Well, uh, last week, we talked about secure attachment style and how important that is uh, for a person to be raised with a secure attachment style. And if you weren't, that's okay. We can correct those things with things that you can learn to do to be better in those areas because it does affect all of our relationships, especially intimate relationships, and especially our parenting style is definitely affected by our attachment style and how we uh, were raised in our early years. Infancy, I like to say up to four years is a really primary time in someone's life, foundational years, but definitely the first 18 months of your life, the way that you attach with your caregiver tells a huge story for the rest of your life. And so uh, as we said last week, we talked about secure attachment. Tonight, we're going to talk about what it is to have an insecure attachment and what those are and how we can fix them. And joining me tonight on the program is my wonderful husband, Rudy Rule. Good evening, Rudy. Hi, Debbie. It's great to be with you tonight. Great to be with you. You know, I just love doing a parenting series, relationship series, uh, because with everything that we teach, you learn something. And it doesn't matter if we've talked about it or uh, taught on it before, researching and learning Uh, you always learn something new. And I love that because I love to have the very best relationships that I can have. And I know that I certainly have come a long way and still have a long way to go. Well, I have come a long way too. As you were talking, I thought, you know, full disclosure, I used to be very defensive when it came to relationships. And when it came to parenting, I was very defensive. And uh, I just feel like there are some people out there that are like, there's nothing wrong with the way I parent. There's nothing wrong with the way I have attachments. Well, you know, I can relate to that. I Mm -hmm. was very defensive about admitting I needed, could improve, admitting Mm -hmm. that I could improve. So Mm -hmm. you can improve. And that's what this is all about. It's not pointing the finger or making anybody feel bad or Uh, giving someone ammunition against someone else. It's about, hey, let's look at ourselves, point the finger at ourselves and work on ourselves and be the best self we can be. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. And, you know, it's all a choice. We all have a choice to make things better in our life. You know, uh, we've said this before, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. If you're not getting the results in your relationships, Uh, If things in your home are chaotic and not happy and uh, things are not going smooth and there's always problems, maybe we need to look around and stop, you know, blaming other people and take a look at ourselves and say, what can I do to make the problem better? Because, you know, if we can change things in ourselves, then I guarantee you're going to see some change in your home. It may not be perfect. It may not be the best that it could be, but it certainly will get you on the road to recovery. You know, that's the secret sauce right there. If we will make the uh, adjustment, if we will make a change, we'll see a change in others. So often it's like, well, why don't you change? You're the problem. You know, we just don't have the right to put that on somebody. If we see a situation, what can I do to make it better? Mm -hmm. Let me do my part. Let me make my effort 
And then when you have a discussion about it, you can say, well, you know, I've made this change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's made things better. And that encourages others, especially yes. in a loving relationship or yes. a, a relationship that's having, you know, a difficult time. To see someone putting effort mm-hmm. into it really uh, has an impact. Yes. Well, uh, tonight, of course, we're going to try to go over all three. Uh, we want to continue the series. Next week, we've got a special guest that will be here with us. October kicks off uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so we'll have somebody here from the Haven Family Shelter, and uh, Ms. Holly Garza will be uh, visiting with us next week during the program. We'll be talking about domestic violence, intervention, advocacy, and um, what we can do to prevent those horrific acts right here in our community and the surrounding communities as well, because there is a need to educate uh, those and all of us really on what that is and how we can make it better. So that will be our program for next week and then we'll continue on with our attachment uh, styles after that and continue a little bit more diving into what that looks like as a parent. So tonight this is for you to look at yourself and we're just going to go over quickly uh, secure attachment which we had last week and I would just remind everybody that secure attachment is what you want to strive for. Okay that's the way you want to parent your children. You want to give them a secure attachment and if you did not have a secure attachment as a child again you're going to probably identify with what we're talking about tonight and you can change that. You can you can attain a secure your attachment. You can change some things in your relationship style and you can become a better person. But a secure attachment style, I'm just going to give you one sentence and that's going to sum it up, okay? A secure attachment style is the ability to build healthy, long-lasting relationships with people. I'm healthy. That include intimacy. These are intimate relationships, okay? And how do we define intimacy? And intimacy is emotional closeness. So uh, the ability to regulate your emotions is very important in a secure attachment, easily trusting others, effective communication skills, ability to seek emotional support, comfortable being alone, comfortable in close relationships, your ability to self-reflect in partnerships, and being easy to connect with. Um, you know, though none of those, not one of those things is easy to do. And it also includes having a high self-esteem and an ability to be emotionally available. And uh, high esteem is not being full of yourself. High esteem is recognizing that you have value, but you also have things that you can make better. That's just, that's being real with yourself, you know, and that's how I like to define self-esteem is being real with yourself and understanding that you have value and uh, you have things that you can change to become better, too. Absolutely. You're comfortable in your own skin. That's right. You don't live on what other people think. That's right. So uh, that's a secure attachment style. And uh, insecure attachment style, there are three different types of insecure attachment style. And so we're going to try to get through these tonight. But... Um, you may see these in your children. Uh, you may see this in someone that you're in close relationship with because it's easy to see in others. Just about anything that we need to change in us is always easier to see something in someone else than it is to see in ourselves. But this is about taking some um, really good self-evaluations tonight and looking at yourself and asking yourself some questions. Do I act that way? Uh, do I respond that way? Uh, what do I have those fears? 
you know, what are those things that are in my life that uh, the other person or the other people that I'm emotionally connected to and close to complain about? Or what is the, the block, the obstacle that's keeping me from connecting with someone on an emotional level? Because a lot of people want to, they just can't because they don't understand why. And it's important to understand just what you said in the opening. These attachment styles really got their foundation in the first 18 months. Yes. Nobody's in control of their life in the first 18 months of Absolutely. life. Absolutely. In a sense, you can say you're a victim of your circumstance. Mm -hmm. And so, well, I'm this way because this happened during my first 18 months. Okay. That's what we're talking about. If you can do a self-evaluation, then you can create a plan going forward to improve on some of those areas that need improvement. Mm -hmm. And um, when you improve, sometimes it's not a real easy thing. You know, you're looking at things and you're trying to do things differently and you're not going to do it perfectly. You know, it takes time. You didn't get to the way you are overnight. You're not going to change overnight. So it's just putting forth the effort and being aware of things that you need to change to make your relationships better. And uh, again, you probably don't recognize these things in yourself, but maybe you recognize these things in other people. Um, an insecure, uh, let's go back to secure attachment. I just want to add one more thing. And that is um, that very few people really have a secure attachment. And oh. that in and a, an attachment is your relationship with your caregiver when you were younger. So there are a lot of people that do have secure attachment, but there are probably more that have insecure attachment because none of us were really raised in a fully functional home, some better than others, but we still have issues from our past. And a lot of times that's what we don't realize affects our relationships. We think I had a great home life, but, you know, still our environment does affect us. So uh, one of the first insecure attachments that I want to talk about tonight is an avoidant attachment style. And an avoidant dismissive, of, uh, or it's also called a dismissive avoidant, anxious avoidant. They're all words that are used for insecure attachment. And how this develops is when a child in their infancy um, had strict or emotional distance or absence from their caregivers. Um, their caregivers may have left them to fend for themselves. They may have been rejected uh, when they were expressing their needs or especially their emotional needs. Um, they may be slow to respond to those basic needs. Um, some avoidant producing parents are outright just neglectful uh, and they just leave the child um, physically, emotionally, and spiritually in every way. They're slightly disinterested. They're more concerned with other things. Um, now, this doesn't mean that this has to be an absent person that uh, is just off doing destructive things. This can be a very authoritative person in a home that's parenting that's more concerned with the child's grades and their chores than they are about their feelings or meeting their emotional needs. And so, see, that's why I'm talking about we think, oh, like, you know, I, my parents were really strict. They gave, but was there a balance there? Was there a balance? Uh, because we all need to strike, you know, strive for balance in that. So you could have had somebody that was there, but maybe they really just weren't there emotionally to connect with you. 
And as a result, you know, uh, these children, they learn to adopt a strong sense of independence so that they don't have to rely on anyone else for their care support. And so therefore, they avoid. They avoid relationships. They've learned to care for themselves. And so I don't need you. And when trouble comes, that's the first thing that they say. I don't need you. Go on. And they go on to the next person because there's a fear of being rejected there because subconsciously that's how they've been treated. And so they, that, that's just how they respond. They don't even realize that they're responding that way. It's a coping mechanism and yes, a self-protection absolutely. mechanism. Yes. And it's really difficult to recognize that. And when mm-hmm. other people give you feedback, you reject it. Yes. Uh, some of the things that you can look at. Uh, for signs of a uh, avoidant attachment style. You're wondering, well, you know, that kind of sounds like maybe what I might have. Uh, Maybe that's how I was, um, I developed emotionally, and that is maybe you're persistently avoid emotional or physical intimacy. Do you have a, do you feel a strong sense of independence? Now, we all need to be independent to a certain degree. You know, we've talked about codependency on this show before, and we'll talk about that again. But you need to have a strong sense of independence. This doesn't mean that you don't need someone. It means that you are not dependent on someone to the degree that you cannot function. That's that's very different. So a strong sense of ind- uh, of independence. You need to be comfortable expressing your feelings. You know, that's hard to do, Um, comfortable expressing your feelings. Some people have no problem expressing their feelings, and sometimes they express their feelings and it comes out in anger, or sometimes it comes out in an accusatory way, or, you know, whatever. They can express their feelings, but maybe they express their feelings in a destructive way. So, you know, again, balance. How do you express your feelings? Um, But for this particular attachment style, which is avoidant, is Are you able, are you comfortable expressing your feelings? Um, Are you dismissive of others? When things get tough, do you just dismiss? You know, this is, uh, ladies, this is the boyfriend out there that's ghosting you. Hello? Okay. Uh, Especially when you tell him, we need to talk. (laughs) Yes, yes, you don't hear from him for, you know, three weeks. Um, A dismissive, you're very dismissive of people. When it starts to get to a point to where you feel like you're going to have to invest or you're going to have to get uncomfortable emotionally, you just disconnect. Um, Also, you have a very hard time trusting people. Uh, Now, it's okay to be um, cautious You know, I think we all need to be cautious in relationships, especially with new people. Um, But to have been in a relationship for years and years and years and to just absolutely not trust somebody and not have a valid reason to not trust them, um, that could be something that you need to look at. Trusting, do you have a hard time trusting people? Do you feel threatened by anyone who tries to get close to you? That's another hard one to ask yourself. Do you feel threatened by anyone who tries to get close to you? Um, also, spend more time alone with uh, than interacting with others. Would you rather be at home uh, not being bothered 
than you are with interacting with others because interacting with others makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe you're insecure. Maybe you don't feel like that you're adequate. Maybe you feel socially awkward. Um, or maybe you just don't want to be bothered with people. Maybe you just don't want anyone to ask anything of you uh, emotionally, physically, or in any other way. You just don't want to be bothered. You spend more time alone than you do interacting with others. Um, a lot of time people that spend a lot of time alone, they will engage in online relationships because those do not have to deal with real feelings. People don't know who you are. People don't know if you're real or not. And uh, you can create the life and the person that you want. So uh, you spend more time alone than interacting with others. Also, you believe you don't need others in your life. You're very quick to say, I don't need you. Uh, why don't you just go on about your way? And the fact is, is that you find yourself needing that person and that scares you. So that's the first thing you say. Um, but you do believe that you don't need anyone in your life and you have commitment issues. So those are, uh, that's a lot right there that we just talked about. Is that in just one. one? That is just the avoidant attachment God. style. So this, you know, again, is developed when you have a parent that is neglectful, uh, doesn't attend to your emotional needs. Again, they can be physically there, but they can be more concerned with other things. They can be too authoritative uh, and be more concerned about things like chores and grades and really be hard on you. And they're not investing in you emotionally. They're not growing or maturing you emotionally. They're just... Um, existing with you and putting rules on you. So you're going to want to avoid, you're going to, first thing you want to do is avoid that parent. That's your first thing that you're avoiding. And that just teaches you um, these things that we talked about. Um, and so that is the avoidant attachment. So if you identified with any of those things, persistently avoiding emotional or physical intimacy, feeling strong sense of independence, but you're unable to uh, express your feelings, you're dismissive of others, you have a hard time trusting people, you feel threatened by anyone who tries to get close to you, spend more time alone than interacting with others, you believe you don't need others in your life and you have commitment issues, you could possibly uh, be dealing with a, a anxious avoidant attachment. Um, and these people, these adults, they will navigate relationships at an arm's length. They're kind of like the porcupine. They don't let anyone get any closer. Those quills come up, and it's you come too close, I'm going to hurt you because that's my defense mechanism, as you said before. Um, the need for emotional intimacy is simply lacking in this type of individual, so romantic relationships are not able to reach any level of depth. And while they allow romantic partners to engage with them, they avoid getting emotionally close. A partner may feel as if they can't get, you know, they just can't get there. Uh, inevitably, they'll be stonewalled or dismissed. Uh, when relationships feel to get too serious for an action avoidant partner, that's what they do. And, you know, while you're talking, I was thinking uh, so many people, and it's so popular nowadays to talk about a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have a negative uh, attachment style, you've got a very small comfort zone. Yeah. And so... I mean, expand your comfort zone. I mean, we're all messed up. If we would just start from that. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? <laughs> Y'all are all, messed, all up. messed up. I'm not. 
I'm, you know, I'm the See what I've unicorn. lived with for all I'm these the years. Unicorn. By the way, a happy anniversary to my husband oh, on Friday happy of anniversary. 38 years that I've been hearing. He doesn't have one single problem. Not my problem. <laughs> so uh, now y'all know what I've been living with. No, 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 really. Uh, that's how it was in the beginning, though. And uh, I think we both were in denial about a lot of things. But anyway, you grow. Well, my advice to the young men out there is marry a hard-headed woman. And moving on. Okay. <laughs> well, and you were saying, I uh, you know, we're all. remember now. You threw yes. me off. Oh, your comfort zone. Wow. You know, hey, don't start talking to me about anything. I'm going to shut down. I don't need you. Go away. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, the porcupine. You don't get very close to a porcupine. That's right. So, again, that's your avoidant attachment style if you were raised with someone that was neglectful or maybe a little too hard on you. Um, The next uh, attachment style that we want to talk about, and again, these are insecure attachment styles, is the anxious attachment style. Uh, People that are just very anxious, um, and it can also be known as anxious, ambivalent, or anxious, uh, preoccupied, but they... um, these people have a fear of um, rejection, a fear of abandonment. They're depending on a partner for validation and emotional regulation. They're insecure. And these are your codependent people. These are your people that are depending on someone else to meet their needs emotionally and them. to validate them. And they can't function if they don't get it. That's the degree that you need to look at. You, can, you, you are an emotional wreck when you don't get, when you feel like you're being rejected, when you feel like you're being abandoned, when you're not getting that validation and emotional um, connection from your partner. And it's very unhealthy. You know, these negative attachment styles, and we've still got the third one to talk about, but they are uh, so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's just putting it mildly. They can make life miserable for a person. Mm -hmm. And so once you begin to look at it and say, I want to know what my attachment style is, and I want to improve it, you can work on those things. You can become aware of your attachment style and improve your attachment style. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live a life of misery, you can make your life much more enjoyable, much happier. Yes. Um, Not that I would know anything, you know, on a personal <laughs> level. Uh, well, you know, we had to do all this work without the words being put to it. You know, attachment style is relevantly uh, we a did new all this in the theory. Kitchen at a very high yeah. volume. A, a new theory uh, within the last 20 years or so, and uh, researchers are really perfecting. And it's very interesting uh, that I, I have kind of uh, gotten into the. Um, uh, psychology intersecting the law. So because uh, my PhD is in forensic psychology. And so we really have put attachment style with a lot of criminal behavior. And uh, it's just been amazing to me, the, the how you just take it right back to the early childhood. And it explains a lot of issues that people have. And so um very, very interested uh, in how that plays out in our life, not only in our relationships, but just in also in our behavior um, 
outside of our relationships. So you might wonder why I was laughing over here. I was thinking, you know, the poor woman had to go out and get a Ph.D. before I would admit that I could possibly be wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to just let you think that you're right. Oh, why start now? Well, 38 because, years. Well, because Good I've had grief. enough time to train you, and if you haven't caught on by now, guess what? All the what? men out there are going, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> That's about right. Well, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back for the second half. We're going to talk about the next two uh, insecure attachment styles. Stay with us. we got a lot more coming up here on At Home with Debbie Rule. Are you facing a crisis or has something unexpected happened to you? Maybe your home and relationships have been harmed by divorce? Or do you have marriage, parenting, or blended family issues? Career choices, financial issues, addiction, or just plain old I need to know how to do life better to avoid making so many bad choices? At Home Success Coaching is a great place to start. If you need someone to listen, someone to talk, to process your feelings, insight, or advice on how to have a better life, At Home Success Coaching can help you out of a crisis or just help you stay on the right path and reach the goal of having the very best home, family, and relationships possible. At Home Success Coaching is a nonprofit organization and there is no charge for our services or programs that are offered. Visit at homesuccesscoaching.com. That's at homesuccesscoaching.com, helping one home at a time. 95.3 KNE the Haven Family Shelter is a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter that serves men, women, and children who are victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Mason, Menard, McCullough, Kimball, Concho, and surrounding counties. The Haven is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault. The Haven provides services such as 24-hour crisis intervention and hotline, 24-hour accompaniment for medical, law enforcement, or criminal justice. They provide legal advocacy, individual counseling, and the Haven is active in public education, prevention, and community awareness. Support your local domestic violence and sexual assault programs. Speak up about the abuse. Educate yourself and others. Help a friend in need and set an example. For more information on how you can help, call the Haven at 325-597-7644. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault. Well, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where tonight we are talking about attachment styles, uh, continuing our series on attachment styles. Uh, last week we talked about secure attachment. This week we're talking about insecure attachment. And there are three different types of insecure attachment. In the first half we talked uh, about having an avoidant attachment um, 
style and what that looks like in an adult. And uh, then we kind of moved on right before the break and started talking about anxious attachment. And so anxious uh, attachment, or also called anxious preoccupied, and it's known as anxious ambivalent in children. Uh, but in an adult, it's called anxious preoccupied. And, you know, um, I know that there are people out there that are saying, well, that must be me because I'm always anxious. Well, we're going to talk about some of the things that you, again, uh, may be able to identify with um, seeing if you really are an anxious avoidant, uh, uh, I'm sorry, an anxious preoccupied person. And again, what we talked about in the first half is it's a fear of rejection, fear of abandonment. Uh, these are your people that have codependency tendencies. Um, they're very dependent on a partner for validation and emotional regulation. Um, this attachment style comes from an inconsistency in parenting that um, wasn't attuned to children's needs. These children have difficulty understanding that caregivers have given them no security, and um, they're often confused when the parental relationships are um, they're unstable, uh, which brings a lot of confusion into that. Children with the attachment style experience very high distress uh, when a caregiver leaves, again, because they don't know if they're going to come back. Um, and so sometimes the parents will be supportive and responsive to the child's needs, while other times they will not be attuned to their child's needs at all. So there's an inconsistency there, and that inconsistency breeds anxiousness in that child, and that's how they grow up, uh, never knowing if they can trust or depend that their basic needs um, will be met or that their emotional needs will be met. So they grow up with what we call anxious um, preoccupied attachment style in an adult. And so if you have an anxious attachment style, uh, something that you might look for is um, you might be clingy. You might have clingy tendencies, highly sensitive to criticism, real or perceived, um, needing approval from others. You have jealousy tendencies, a difficulty being alone, uh, you suffer from low self-esteem. You have intense fear of rejection and significantly fear of abandonment and difficulty trusting others. Um, so we, as a person dealing with these things, you you feel like, okay, um, how can I fix that? Because I've tried to um, not feel like I'm rejected or I, I've tried to see and regulate my emotions so that I don't feel like I have to have someone's validation or, you know, I, I have this fear of being abandoned and left. I don't know how to overcome that. Um, whenever we get in the fight, you know, these are the people that when you get in the fight, they're the first people to, uh, comp you know, you should always compromise, but they're the first people to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They'll discount the truth or what really happened. These are usually people that are in domestic violence situations where they are excusing the behavior, uh, excusing behavior of substance abuse, addiction, things like that. They are, uh, they don't want to rock the boat because they don't want to be abandoned. And so to that extent, they live their life that way. And, uh, then you can see where all of that anxiousness uh, would come from by being um, in that type of situation. So anxious attachment style, 
uh, again, you, um, you're very clingy, highly sensitive to criticism, needing approval from others, difficulty being alone, again, uh, that's the opposite of the other person uh, that we talked about earlier, low self-esteem. Anything you want to add there? Well, you know, of all of this, I used to refer to as psychobabble. And I know there's people out there that think, well, this is all a bunch of baloney, a bunch of eggheads that have sat around and hypothesized. But I've actually read some research, and some of it is very heartbreaking. Uh-huh. Uh, at the end of World War II, there were wards filled in Europe with orphaned infants. Yes. And they were still bottle-fed, and there may be one or two caregivers for hundreds of mm-hmm. infants. Mm-hmm. And so the infants were never held. They were never cuddled. They were never had a warm body. They were never talked to, uh, and they grew up that way. And so the doctors, the psych- psychiatrists, would record what they saw. Uh-huh. And so this is actual data mm-hmm. from tragic circumstances, and it's heartbreaking. Yes. And so you wouldn't do research like this today. It would be criminal. Mm-hmm. But it was actually well-documented, and it's, it's mind-blowing. And so the, for the skeptics out there, uh, there is something to this. It has actually been seen, and it's been recorded. It's been documented. And it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And we've all experienced one of these four uh, attachment styles. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm sitting here thinking I'm all three of the negative ones. I don't know how I can do that. But you can have a little bit of each one, can't you? No. No, you're one or the other. Well, you may exhibit some type of characteristics of maybe one of the other one, but your personality is predominantly operating okay. under one or the other. Okay. Uh, because as you saw the two that we just talked with, they're complete opposites. Right. Uh, so if if you're doing that, we get into a lot of other things like masking things in your personality and not... Learning to cope you know, learning, without yeah. dealing with the root issue. Yeah, and that can get into some other... Uh, things that are a little bit deeper but uh, for tonight yes you're going to you're going to relate to one of these more than you do the other it doesn't mean that you don't feel those other things sometimes but these are things that even without thinking subconsciously this is the way you are this is your nature now because you were conditioned that way um, so in this comes anxious attachment style it comes from uh, parents who alternated between being overly coddling and detached or indifferent. You know, they were they were not dependable. Uh, <clears throat> and I, <clears throat> excuse me, don't like to use this example, but I'm going to. Uh, a person that is uh, substance abuse uh, issues or uses substance, uh, they may not want to be bothered when they're drinking or when they're using their drug of choice. And so they may be very atta- detached. They may not want to be bothered. They may be pushing the child away so that they can do what they want to do. Uh, and then times when they are uh, not under the influence, they could be very coddling of that child and they could be very, you know, loving and kind. But, you know, chemicals change who you are. And so, um, parent, that's just an, one example. Uh, so they can be over coddling and, uh, and then all of a sudden they're detached and indifferent. So the child doesn't know what to expect. 
that's where the anxiousness comes there. They're, they're, they're going between the two. There's no consistency there, and they never know. It's kind of like saying, I'm walking on eggshells, okay? But you're doing it with your emotions. Um, you're easily uh, overwhelmed. Parents that are just easily overwhelmed and are continually putting that on their children and uh, hysterical and can't handle it and, you know, yelling at their children and, you know, making their children feel responsible for how they feel. Uh, these are all things that cause this anxiousness in children and in adults. Um being sometimes attentive and then pushing away um, because of your issues that you have. So being easily overwhelmed, a parent that is attentive and then pushes away, there's inconsistency there, making your children feel responsible for how you are, making someone else feel responsible for how you feel. Uh, No one can make you feel a certain way, but we do put that on them. And a lot of times parents put things on kids. And, and if you've ever seen a family where there's a, an older child that has to parent the parent. And I don't mean parent them, but I mean just be responsible for them, take care of them. because the there's the there's the child. That's right, because there's issues there. Um, therefore, these children often grow up thinking they are supposed to take care of other people's feelings. And they often become codependent. They're the ones that try to fix everything and keep the peace. And they don't want to have any problems. And they're definitely not going to say what they think because they have that fear of being abandoned and not accepted. Uh, So these are the people that are going to cover up and enable bad behavior. Again, that's what I said, domestic violence victims, um, people that are in relationships with those that are in substance abuse and addictions. Uh, they're usually um, with a partner that if they're not calling it out in them, then they're usually in a codependent situation where they're being enabled. So signs that you may look at in an anxious attachment style would be clingy tendencies, uh, highly sensitive to criticism. Again, I think we went over these, but we'll go quickly again. Um, Needing approval from others, jealous tendencies, difficulty of being alone, low self-esteem, intense fear of rejection, significant fear of abandonment, and difficulty trusting others. So what this looks like in your relationships is, according um, to research, anxious attachment styles usually feel unworthy of love, and they need constant reassurance from their partners. Somewhere in there, something happened that causes them to not feel that they are worthy of love. They often blame themselves for challenges in the relationship and can exhibit frequent and intense jealousy or distrust due to poor self-esteem. And ultimately, there's a deep-rooted fear of being abandoned or rejected and being alone. And those fears typically express themselves in many different ways. Uh, So if that sounds like you, then you could be dealing with a anxious attachment style, also known as anxious ambivalent. Um, And so that there again... There are ways that you can fix that. You can work on some of those signs that we talked about and become healthy and find some security in there with maybe some therapy or just uh, working through some things, you know, finding podcasts that talk about an anxious, um, ambivalent attachment style. How do I overcome that? How do I become secure? It'll help you how to work on not being codependent, how to build a healthy self-esteem, how to feel good about yourself so you don't fear that someone's going to leave you. How do you work on not needing someone else's approval, being happy in who you are, 
you know, those are hard things. It's easily said, but very hard to be done sometimes. You know, back before you started letting me think I was right, we were toxic. And we decided we wanted to stop being toxic. Mm -hmm. And we put effort into learning how to be healthier. Yeah. And we looked at each other and we gave each other permission. I gave you permission to speak into my life and point out areas that I could work on. And you gave me the same permission for you. And we read. And uh, that was before podcasts. We read and we did research and we took classes. And we mm -hmm. put effort into learning how to communicate, learning how to value one another, learning how to have more positive attachment styles. And mm -hmm. they weren't even called that uh, back then. I want to quickly get to the last one before we, because okay. we only have a few minutes. But um, that's true. We did give each other permission. And tonight I want to say if you're close enough with somebody and that relationship is healthy enough and you've gone through enough work in that relationship that you can say that honestly, then go for it. But most generally, if you're dealing with some of these things that are deep-seated and rooted, this is a self-evaluation thing that you need to do because you're not going to be able to have input from someone that's unhealthy. Unhealthy people hook up with unhealthy people. And so it takes one of you to try to make the change, but don't expect a healthy response from somebody that hasn't grown a little bit too. So um, you got to be careful where you receive your input. Um, but I really want this to be a more self-evaluation type thing because uh, you know what you feel inside. And a lot of times with these insecure attachment styles, other people don't know because they are a lot of, there's a lot of fear. You know, you were talking about how you may have had a couple, you know, you might think I'm all of these things. Well, you know, some of the signs of uh, the anxious, ambivalent attachment style can also fall under disorganized attachment style. There's a fear of rejection, but the difference between the anxious and the disorganized is the anxious has an intense fear of rejection. I mean, they will, to the point of being self-destructive to themselves, maybe physically, or someone else, because they have such a fear of rejection. So someone that's disorganized attachment style they do have a fear of rejection, but it's not to that point. So when you hear some of these that are the same, sometimes it's just the degree. Um, but a, a disorganized attachment style is anxious, disorganized attachment. It's defined as having extremely inconsistent behavior and difficulty trusting others. You are all over the map, okay? Not uh, me, <laughs> the, most, the most common cause of disorganized attachment style in ch is childhood trauma, uh, neglect, abuse, uh, fear of their parents, intense, uh, the sense of safety wasn't present. Children that grow up in a home where there's family violence, mm, disorganized attachment style is probably something that's going to happen there. They're very um, anxious, but they, uh, their caregivers are inconsistent. There's um, often seen as a source of comfort and fear by children. There's no consistency there. And so this leads to disorganized behaviors. They don't know how to feel because they've experienced a lot of them childhood trauma. So adverse childhood experiences uh, like neglect and child abuse, sexual, emotional, physical, uh, even verbal abuse, um, 
this comes, usually you see a disorganized attachment style with that. And the signs of uh, the disorganized attachment is going to be a fear of rejection again, inability to regulate your emotions, contradictory behaviors, uh, high levels of anxiety, difficulty trusting people. Again, so you see some of the same signs of both avoidant and anxious attachment styles. So remember, you're all over the place. Um, mood disorders, personality disorders, self-harm, and these people are big into substance use abuse. Uh, so these are your ones that usually that's how they cope is yeah, they turn to substance. Yeah, so they're, they're very uh, prone to mood disorders, personality disorders, substance use disorders, and self-harm. Uh, and this, again, comes from um, extensive trauma as a child. And, uh, you know, that is sometimes the hardest thing to go and deal with and try to talk to somebody is when you've had trauma as a child. Because sometimes we suppress things in our life and we don't really remember, we don't want to, or we don't think it's affecting us, or we have the attitude of, um, I made it through it, so you should too. Uh, you know, those are not healthy attitudes. If, if you suffered any type of traumatic experience, and experience or experiences, then uh, it would probably be good for you to look at getting some help and talking to someone and working through those issues rather than letting those issues deal with you. Um, so again, a disorganized attachment <clears throat> is all over the place. Uh, you're going to have a similar um, characteristics and uh, signs like the anxious, but just you're a little bit more all over the place. Fear of rejection, inability to regulate emotions. So, Rudy, this may be what you're talking about, disorganized attachment where you feel like you're a little of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, that may be disorganized attachment style uh, that you're thinking about, you know, when you're thinking about all of those different feelings and um, those types of things. So uh, it manifests in relationships. People with disorganized attachment styles tend to have unpredictable and confusing behavior. They alternate between being aloof and independent and being clingy and emotional. You never know what you're going to get there. Um, while they desperately seek love, they also push their partners away because they fear being loved. They believe that they will always be rejected, but they don't avoid emotional intimacy. Um, they fear it, and they also consistently seek it out, only to reject it. So they're not like the anxious that's going to completely be the porcupine, but they will let go enough to um, allow you to get close, close enough that they can just reject you. So they fear it, and they are all, always consistently seek it out, but again to reject those emotional closeness, that emotional closeness. Um, they perceive their partners as being unpredictable and they themselves behave unpredictable. So they accuse the person they're with being unpredictable and crazy, yet they're the ones that's very unpredictable. And I shouldn't say crazy because that's really not a good word to use. But um, the relationships, uh, they continue to wrestle between the need for security and for fear. And they have a fear of that. So... Um, you know, that is the person that is really dealing with a lot of emotions and a lot of highs and lows. And I think that's why you see so many of the disorders in that type of attachment style because uh, of the coping 
that they need to just survive day to day uh, in their relationships with others. So uh, again, those are your three uh, insecure attachment styles that we talked about tonight. The, um, we started with the avoidant um, attachment style, then we talked about the anxious avoidant, and then the um, anxious preoccupied, I'm sorry, and then the avoidant dismissive and the disorganized. Uh, was the last one. So if you identified with any of those signs, uh, then maybe that might be just a little bit of a cue that you need to do some reading or find someone that you can talk with about it and see what you can do to grow and make things a little bit better. Because your relationships, and especially if you're a parent, uh, and we're going to get into that more after uh, our program next week when we pick this back up, talking a little bit more about how that affects the kids that we parent. But it's never too late to change your styles of parenting. And uh, you can't change what's happened, but you can change moving forward. What better do you have to do? That's right. That invest in great program. Tonight. Invest Debbie, those so those children. Well, you're welcome. You know, it's it's hard to look within. You know, when I was talking about uh, self evaluation, a lot of people just they want to point the finger at someone else, um, and it's so much. Uh, the pain gets healed so much faster when we look within and we take steps to fixing ourselves because you say, well, why should I do that? The person I'm with is still going to be the way they are. Well, you never know that. You know, you take a few steps to getting better. Uh, The person that you're with may see that and they may respond positively uh, to that. So taking the step to be better. My old friend Socrates said, (laughs) yes, an unexamined life is not worth living. That's right. That is very, very true right there. So rather than getting in other people's business, get in your own business Mm -hmm. and work on it. Yeah. I'm getting text from our listeners. Good show tonight. Oh, well. Good job. Thank you. And, you know, I I love uh, to talk about especially the things that I'm learning. And I'm just about to the point to decide what I'm going to do my dissertation on. And I think it's going to have something to do with attachment styles because I've just seen how important, incredibly important it is to our relationships. And not only just to our relationships, but how we parent our kids and how they turn out. Um, personality disorders and criminal behavior and uh, juvenile delinquency and all these things that come. We wonder, where did these things come from? They come from the very day that we were born and uh, how we were cared Those for. First 18 months. Yeah, and it and is just... And if you've ever said, why am I the way yeah, I am? It's been amazing to you me. You know, you don't know what your parents were dealing with That's in right. those first 18 months. That's you right. probably don't remember anything from those first 18 months. That's right. But you were conditioned. So That's everybody's going to go and call mom. Mom, what were you doing <laughs> when I was born? What did you do for the first 18 mom, months? Mom, why am I so disorganized? <laughs> why do I have such yeah. high anxiety? Well, we can laugh about it, but I think that's also something that we need to take into stride. Uh, lighten up a little bit. 
live life to the fullest and decide that you're going to be the very best that you can be. Get the help that you need so that you can be happy. You know, uh, if anything, you know, you deserve to be happy and those around you deserve to be happy and your children deserve the very best life that you can give them. And that means sacrificing of yourself to be the very best that you can be. Anything you want to add before we close for tonight? Well, I just really enjoyed being on the program with you tonight. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being a part of it with me. And uh, remember, next week we're going to have a special guest. We'll have Holly Garza here with the Haven Family Shelter. We'll be talking about domestic violence awareness, uh, how to bring prevention, uh, the services that the Haven offers, and also uh, just education about domestic violence and victimization and things that happen uh, to those that are in those types of situations. And if you are one that is suffering with that, where you can get the help, you're not alone. Uh, Your community stands with you, and there are places where you can go to get the help that you need. Counseling, uh, whether that is... legal advice, whatever it may be, a safety, you need to retreat to a safe place. We can help you find that here. And so next week, that's the program for you. We'll be kicking off October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Don't forget to tune in next week at 6 o'clock for At Home with Debbie Rule with Holly Garza with the Haven Family Shelter. We also want to remind you that that following Tuesday is going to be National Night Out. Uh, We will be at Richards Park broadcasting live uh, with several other community members that will be standing for being a community that works together to keep our community safe. And so we want to look forward to being with you on Tuesday night at six o'clock at Richards Park. Thank you so much for being with us tonight and inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationships. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. And I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll see you next week right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on KNEL 95.3 FM at canhillradio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Real on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. See you next week at home with Debbie Real for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Mm-hmm.